everyone. Welcome to Authors on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Welcome to Superstar Wednesday. Before I introduce my guest, I want to tell you a few of my favorite books that have released. Um, the first one is by Angelo Leland Dirks called My Name is Angelo. For those who follow Leland, you know about Angelo, his border collie, and Maggie, his black lab. Uh, get Angelo's story. Uh, John Hegenberger released Shortfalls uh, just a little little bit over a week ago. Um, a Bard's Desire by Shireen McFarlane is out today. You Were Always Mine by Nicole Bart released. Ragnar John, Joe Nassen, which is, I guess, a Swedish book. The Darkness, he released today. My friend Carolyn Haynes released A Gift of Bones, her cozy. Um, and my dear friend, who is one of the most brilliant writers I know, Eric Pruitt, released Townies and other short stories of Southern Mischief. Kathy Stoller released Bar None. And that is my lineup for right now. My guest today is someone whom I've long admired and listened to often on NPR, which most of you know is my favorite radio station. Um, Kwame Alexander is a poet. He's a literacy advocate. He's a New York Times bestselling author of 21 books, including Swing, Solo, and Rebound, the follow-up to his Newbery Award-winning middle-grade novel, The Crossover. Some of his other works include Book, which was the National Book Award nominee, The Playbook, 20, 52 Rules to Help You Aim, Shoot, and Score in This Game of Life, which I love that name, and Picture Books Out of Wonder, Surf's Up, and The Undefeated. He is a regular contributor to NPR's Morning Edition. He's the recipient of numerous literary awards, including the Coretta Scott King Author Honor, the Lee Bennett Hopkins Poetry Prize, He's been nominated for three NAACP Image Awards. He is the inaugural winner of the Pat Conroy Legacy Award, and most of you know Pat Conroy is my favorite author. Um, he believes that poetry can change the world. We are going to learn more, and I'm very proud to introduce Kwame Alexander to the show. Kwame, welcome to Authors on the Air, and thank you for being with me today on your busy journey to Baton Rouge. <laughs> You're welcome, Pam. Thanks for having me. You know, um, I, I mentioned when we were in the green room how much I enjoy poetry and probably um, read more poetry in junior high and high school than was healthy for a girl my age rather than reading other books, although I've always been a book lover. You have put a new spin on poetry in a language that young readers find so, so immersive. Um, I know that you are, are a poetry lover. It is your one of your methods of expression. How did you decide to turn this into fiction? Well, I wanted to be able to create stories that would, that would resonate, that would connect with kids. Um, I wanted to write novels that teachers would be able to include in their classroom poetry. You know, standalone poetry has this stigma to it, and people think it's boring, it's incomprehensible, it's stayed. And so I wanted to approach it from a different standpoint and say, well, you know what? I'm writing a novel. It just happens to be told through poetry. And, and, and maybe more people would, you know, take that leap and pick it up and, and get into it. 
Well, you have a legion of fans and some testimonials that are pretty impressive. Um, I, I read that especially boys who read your book are kind of like, oh, darn, I've got to read poetry. And then they read your prose and you totally turn them around. I know that you go to visit a lot of schools. Is this something you hear a lot of? All, all day, every day, you know, from teachers, how um, one of my books got their boys to, to read for the first time, or boys are fighting over the books. Yeah, I've heard it a lot. When I set up to write my first novel in verse, the crossover, I tried to write a book that I would have wanted to have read when I was 12 years old. And so that, that was my starting point. And, uh, and I, I knew that boys were into basketball. I knew that girls were into basketball. I yes. Just, I also knew that, that boys were, you know, boys dealt with some of the same emotional sort of weighty things that girls do, but boys don't, you know, really express it. And I remember being a boy who didn't want to express it, and I wanted to write about a boy or boys that express it to sort of give boys permission to have that kind of experience. Well, speaking of girls who also like basketball and, you know, I'm one of those, um, I've had basketball players in my family. How do girls receive your books too, Kwame? Well, I mean, generally I think every boys and girls are, are, are becoming engaged with, with the books. They're becoming entertained. They're, becoming empowered by them. Um, I think the girls like seeing boys that care, boys that are empathetic, you know, boys that are into are in the sports, but boys that are in the things, you know, in the more things in sports. They're in the family and friendship. You know, they 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 cry. They, they, they have crushes. You know, so I think girls appreciate it, and, you know, boys appreciate it, and certainly the parents seem to appreciate their kids being able to experience their lives, you know, the full humanity of their lives on the pages of a book. Um, because your verse is so uh, authentic, it is so contemporary. Um, do you think that reading swing and its predecessors lead uh, kids to want to read other poetry or is, is your book, are your books so unique that they go searching out other novels rather than poetry? You know, I don't know the answer to that question. I do know that one of my goals is to get kids to want to read. I want to write books that are bridges that, you know, kids say, well, after they finish one of my books, wow, that was really cool. Okay. I want to read another book. Is there another Kwame Alexander book? Okay. Is there, and there's only so many books I can write, but is there another book that's like this? But, is there another book, period, because I want to read right. now. I'm, I, I understand what's possible, that, that books can be cool. So what's next? And so I love that. that's my hope as a writer. I love that. Um, tell me about Kwame Alexander as a kid. Were you a big reader yourself? Yeah, I was a big reader, you know, until I was about 11. And then my dad, you know, made me read his dissertations. <laughs> and so <laughs> after that, I didn't particularly care for reading too much. But I grew up in a very bookish household. Both of my parents were writers. And, uh, and so I read a lot, read a lot with my family. 
you know, my first books that I fell in love with were Dr. Seuss, Back to the Thought. So, yeah. Wow. Um, uh, how did you develop this writing style of yours? It, I, I can't, it's, I can't, I can't it's, give you all my trade secrets, fans. <laughs> I don't want your trade secrets. I'm a reader, not a writer. I barely can, you know, get an email out without using spell check and a thesaurus. So your your secret's safe with me. But my um, my thought is is that you use a lot of and I don't, I don't want to say this in a bad way, but it's, it's almost like street language. The way kids talk today, you seem very in tune to their, their uh, linguistics. It was something that someone of my age isn't going to be speaking, a way I'm not going to be speaking. Um, how did you do that? How did you hear how kids were talking today and, and turn that into poetry? Or is that just your God-given gift? So you see the way you said um in the conversation? Mm-hmm. So I picked up on that. And so right. I inter- when I'm interacting with people, I'm listening to them. I'm I'm sort of hearing how they talk. I'm hearing sort of what are those linguistic cues, you know, those those patterns of speech that they are comfortable with, that they are used to. And for the most part, I think there are things that we all say and we all do. Um so I'm just really trying to be authentic. What have I heard? What have I, you know, what have I said? Um, I, I walk through life, Pam, as a willing participant in life. I'm constantly paying attention, and I try to make sure when I'm writing, I'm writing with that full breadth and depth of, of my experience. I'm trying to be as authentic as possible. So, you know, whether there's a poem where a kid is trash-talking you know, with a lot of rhythm and rhyme, um, uh-huh. or there's or there's a poem where a grandfather is 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 speaking in a very jazzy rhythmic um, cadence. I'm, I mean, that's all just real stuff that I've seen or heard on the basketball court in my grandfather's home. You know, in the street, as you say, at church, right. in school, at the office, right. on a phone conversation, in a podcast. It's very, it's very interesting to me. Um, I want to imagine you, and 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 I'm probably wrong, maybe not. Uh, when you're writing, uh, your head's almost bouncing. You know, you have that swing going on in your body as well as in the cadence of what it is you're writing. Um, are you a, are you very still when you're writing, or do you have a lot? You know, are, are you into the flow of it physically as much as you are? Uh, in the writing sense? I'm listening to jazz music. I'm walking around. I'm with friends. I'm in a Panera Bread. I'm on an airplane. I'm very mo- – I'm moving. Even if I'm yeah. sitting down and I'm, listening, I'm, I'm writing, I'm listening to jazz, so I'm bopping my head. I, I would writing imagine. Writing for me is not a solitary sort of state thing. For me, I know for most writers it is, or for a lot of writers it is. For me, it's a very active a very movement-oriented um, I, I I picture that. I You know, I had a chance to look at a lot of your videos and your photographs on your website and elsewhere on the Internet, and um, I just imagined you doing that. You seem to have a very upbeat attitude. Um, when, when you are writing, um, 
can there be cacophony around you? Are you okay with that? Do you still are you still very focused on what you're doing? Do you get distracted? I prefer I prefer cacophony. I need ah. it. I, yeah, I need it. It it doesn't distract me. It, it keeps you know. I borrow from it. You know, I, I love, love it. That. I need it. The only time I don't want all that outside noise and extra stuff is when I'm trying to sleep. Then I want quiet. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Let's talk about some of your other things, Kwame. Um, I'm very impressed with um, with the work that you've done in Ghana. This um, holds a special place for you. You built the Barbara E. Alexander Memorial Library and Health Clinic, a part of the LEAP program, uh, which is an yes. international literacy program. Tell me how that came about, please. Um, I had been going to Ghana for seven years to uh, with a friend of mine who is the queen mother of the village, and upon one of my visits, I just noticed that they didn't have any books in the school. And I really wanted to, didn't have a whole lot of supplies, technology. There weren't a whole lot of teacher trainings. And so I just felt like it was my, you know, duty or my responsibility to to offer, to work with the community and the village and, and help them uh, to have some of these things. And so we began to build a library and a health clinic and train teachers and it was a seven-year journey, and it's one of the most rewarding things I've ever been a part of in my in my personal and professional life. I would imagine. And who is Barbara E. Alexander? Barbara E. Alexander. Barbara Elaine Johnson Alexander is my mother, was my mother. She passed away September the 1st, 2017 at 8.30 p.m., and it feels like it was yesterday. And, I bet uh, it does. This is the most, you know, most difficult thing I've ever had to deal with in my life. But I, the writing helps, and certainly building this library for this woman who was my first librarian, you know, was, was a testament to, to her her greatness, to her love. Did she know about the library, Kwame? She did. She did. She knew that it was it was being built. Um, so uh, I guess I, I like to think that now that it's up and running and kids are reading books and they're exploring the world through the pages of literature, that she's smiling. I bet she is. That's quite, um, that's quite a remembrance to her and quite a legacy that she's left behind. Um, I want to talk to you about the NEA Read Across America. You are the ambassador for 2018. Um, you are also the founder of Versify, which is an imprint of Houghton Mifflin Harcourt, a company I like very much. You also produce a variety of literary talk shows, and and um, you're on Bookish on Facebook Watch. Um, is there anything you haven't done yet that you still want to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to have I'd like to have my own uh I'd like to have my own sneaker. Your I think own that'd be sneaker. cool. Like some so sort of bookish air, sneaker. An air Kwame, right? An air Kwame, <laughs> exactly. Or or look, or my own pen. I wanna have my own pen. Your own Kwame, pen. the K A pen. No, I mean seriously, <laughs> I I I say yes to life, Pam. I walk opportunities come up and I love to say yes to them. I walk through doors 
figure out how to make it work, and, and, and hopefully something good comes out of it. I'm open to whatever is next. Um, I I read that in your bio. You said that um, your mom taught you to always say yes. Have Have there ever been times when you've said yes that you wished you said no? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Those are lessons you learn. I those are the, the lessons, of right? Learning how to, yeah, I think the beauty of saying yes is that sometimes in order to say yes to yourself, you have to say no to other people. Right. It's a great teacher, isn't it? Um, you you learn that way. And it, and it, I That's think it. it's character building. Don't you think so? Character building without a doubt. Yeah. Um, of all of your accomplishments, Kwame, and there are so many of them, which of them stands out to you the most? The one that's the most recognizable is probably the Newberry Medal, um, which the crossover received in 2015. The one that I'm probably the most proud of is the library that we built after seven years. Um, a group of teachers and librarians, people in the village of Conco, and and that you know that will be here forever, hopefully, and uh, a standing, living tribute to to my mother. Um, I know that you've done, led cultural delegations to other countries like Brazil and Italy, Singapore. Um, is there some place that you haven't gone that you'd like to go? And maybe create another Barbara E. Alexander Memorial Library? Good question. I mean, I don't know about the library thing. That was a lot of work. Uh, <laughs> but I would like to eventually make my way to East Africa and to Australia. Those are the two places on my radar that I've I, I got to get to. And hopefully within the next year or two, I'll be able to do that. Um, I'm, I know that you're on the road, and so that's a great segue into telling folks where you're on your way to and what will you be doing, because you have a very heavy tour schedule, and um, I, I want to let everyone know that Swing is now available. It's a wonderful, fabulous book, um, by the way, not only for, for young adults and for boys who are 12 who like basketball and girls, but uh, for everyone, it's it's really just a wonderful book. You'll enjoy it, everybody. And um, and as I said, I'm a big hoops fan. So having been a follower from day one of the Miami Heat, <clears throat> Kwame. So just to let you know, center court seats. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you are on your way to Baton Rouge. You're going to be at the main library this evening. And then you're heading out to North Carolina tomorrow, or in yes, tomorrow, and then in Arlington, Virginia on Friday. Is this the end of the swing and solo book tour? It isn't. We're like at day 18, and we've got about 10 more days to go. Wow. And uh, next, next week, we're in New Hampshire, New York, and Canada. And then, and then that. Next weekend, we're in West Virginia, and then I think Are you coming to Miami it. Book Fair at all? You're, are you not coming to Miami Book Fair? I will be. I will be at the Miami Book Fair. I'll be in conversation I, with Jacqueline Woodson. 
Well, how about that? Then I will see you there. I'm going to find you on the schedule, and I'm bringing my book and shaking your hand and getting a hug and having you sign my book, if you don't mind. Lovely. That's perfect. (laughs) And I guess I'm going to take a nap and get ready for this gig in Baton Rouge. There you go. Would you please tell everyone where they can find you on the interwebs? (laughs) KwameAlexander.com. I'm on Facebook. Uh, Kwame Alexander books I'm on Twitter and Instagram At Kwame Alexander Come and holler at me I'm so honored and so pleased That you came on the show today Kwame Go get a nap Relax You've got a big night ahead of you At the, li- at the main library in Baton Rouge And I will see you at Miami Book Fair Thank you so much for being Pam, with me Thank you for letting this author on the air I'm always happy to let you, author Kwame Alexander, on the air. Come back, okay? <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Thank you. Have a good afternoon. Thanks for being with me. Thank Bye-bye. You. All right. Bye. And that's our show for right now, folks. I'll be back at 5 o'clock. I hope you have a nice afternoon, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Mm-hmm.